Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Happy Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. That's payday for a lot of folks in the U.S. So it's a busy day, too, for mm-hmm. most of our um, our friends out there in Buy Here, Pay Here land. Right. Uh, it's, yeah, it's payday. Yeah. Payment be, day. Uh, busy in the collection department. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we wanted to just real quick, uh, this is good morning, David, um, to remind everybody that, uh, we started a month long, um, management Monday topic mm-hmm. on Monday and, um, uh, if you haven't started writing down what it is that you do during the day and, you know, starting on that journal, please start. Cause we're going to, we're going to take you through the next steps, um, on Monday right. on our broadcast. So, um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, please go back to Monday's broadcast and kind of see what it is that we're, that we're doing. And, and you're um, thinking, wait, I thought this was a morning show. Like I watch good morning America and all they do is make me smile and you guys yeah, give know, me homework. Right? Gosh, right? darn it. Right. Well, I mean, I haven't had any complaints yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. The difference is Good Morning America is just trying to make people happy. We're trying to make people better. Or, and right. happy. And happy. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. Have some fun along yeah. the way and do the stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah. So really great week this week. Mm-hmm. And um, we've, I, geez, just had some really great client meetings and, and some incredible topics and one after another one after another and every time we get done with uh with a client meeting it's it's like oh goodness let's Mm -hmm. write down an Mm -hmm. idea of what we can talk about on either the morning show or tote the note and and really start to unpack some of those things and um speaking of tote the note um those of you who have not listened to or haven't looked that up yet. Tote the note is kind of like our 60 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit heavier, um, meatier mm-hmm. topics. And just to let you guys, I mean, so we've got a bunch out there on YouTube. So um, yeah, like the, or subscribe to the YouTube channel. So you mm-hmm. get those first before right. they go into the syndicated um, stations. And if, and if you like what you're hearing, then please like it please. as well. Um, but, uh, this next week we actually have two, uh, recordings that are going to be being done for tote the note. Um, one of them with Brent Carmichael and the topic will be why dealers fail. Yeah. Just Brent and I on that one. And mm-hmm. we have, you know, I have my own experience. He certainly got his. And so we will yeah. share some really good tips on how to avoid finding yourself in that place. Yeah, that's going to be a really good one. And we've we've had a couple of things that have come up, um, things that we've observed in the last little bit that was like, oh, this would be a good thing to talk to everybody about oh, yeah. so that you, it's like, what are the pitfalls? What are the things you need to be watching out for so that you don't end up in the same track? We saw a very graphic example of that yesterday with one of our clients. So I'll share that. Yeah. 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 The podcast. We'll yeah. Into that. And then, um, we also have another one that we're recording next week with our friend, Bill Elizondo from, right. he's a senior moderator at NIADA. And we're going to be talking about leasing. Right. Um, this is not something that Jim and I have a lot of strength in because we don't do it really. It's, you know, we're, we're typically just, uh, 
straight buy here, pay here. But when we do the cash flow forecasting, that that is something that we kind of will talk about if that's a model that you want to to do. So I actually have a good deal of experience with that from um, from one side of it. There are pieces of that that okay. I wasn't exposed to, but yeah, I think you'll find that Bill and I can really talk about that in the, from the standpoint of you know we're not selling anybody on leasing. We're trying to make sure people understand what is the difference, why. Why would it make a, you know, why is it something I might want to consider, yeah. especially if I'm a new dealer, could it make sense for me? So we'll go through that and make sure dealers kind of understand the whole picture. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I say is sometimes I hear about leasing that people don't tell the whole story. So I just want to make sure we tell the whole story about leasing yeah. and let people decide for themselves. Yeah. Um, also wanted to let you all know that uh, put on your calendar as well. Next Wednesday we are going to have um, a couple on our on our White Hat Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of guests that are coming um, to to chat with us about uh, about capital, um, a little bit about capital. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, one of the guests is going to be from uh, Butler Sanchez. Okay. So, and I believe they're confirmed. Be, uh, yeah, okay, she, says she, okay. she would do it. So. Cool. Amanda, you're in. Sorry, you don't, um, you don't get out anymore. Yeah. And then also um, uh, one of our clients who is uh, opening his doors this month, mm -hmm. but he is a CFO mm -hmm. for another company. And so he really understands from a dealer's perspective what capital means. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be a really, it'll be a great uh, episode next Wednesday for White Hat Wednesday. And we may end up doing a, a, um, a tote the note from that. If there's, if there's a lot of meat that we want to unpack from yeah. that, but um, we're going to, we're going to, we've invited them to come and do that. And they yeah, both agreed. So, so Brent so. is more than just a CFO. This is not Brent Carmichael. We have another client named Brent and um, this, so this gentleman is uh, a CFO of multiple companies. He, he's a former CFO uh, you know, with some large companies and now he owns about three companies and we're yeah. helping to get in the buy here, pay your business. But yeah. he's going to talk about um, a lot of the stuff that he's um, experienced in, in yeah. terms of pricing capital as he's kind of started yeah. his own dealership. Because that's one of the things that we've had to to work with him is making some introductions and getting him talking to different capital providers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's your perspective? Mm -hmm. um, not just as a dealer, but as someone who understands um, accounting he, and all and, of that. Kind and just of stuff. quickly, he brings his own capital, but he could, we could do in the calculations that he's got a bit of a gap before he's mm -hmm. going to be eligible for a line of credit. So we needed a way to bridge him from his own money to, to ultimately a line, line of credit. Yeah. So, so it's been an interesting so, uh, endeavors. We've yeah. gone through that. So a lot of, of rich content next yeah. week, put it on your calendars, make sure that you're listening. Um, you know, the whole, uh, everything goes on YouTube first after the live broadcast. And mm -hmm. then, um, then, Within 24 hours, usually we'll yeah. have them on the. Is there somebody channels. listening to this broadcast right now that hasn't subscribed to YouTube? Hasn't subscribed to our YouTube channel? I'm gonna send I don't them out. know. Don't be surprised if Michelle's I, knocking on your I, door. Right. You know? I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. All of you that, um, all of you that make comments, heck yeah, get out there and subscribe to the YouTube. Well, we're channel. just diving into collections in a big way, so yes, I think today. Uh, collections is obviously going to be something that people are going to want to find over there on YouTube because we. Yep. Uh, we're going to, you know, go in and talk about all the stuff. And yeah, so we, we, uh, we were discussing 
we always discuss quite a bit. We talk about buy or pay or we live with each other. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. talk about it, you know, like all the time. Um, but we were discussing what do we want to talk about on Friday? And we took a walk a couple of days ago and, and just kind of started to, to go down um, the, actually it was Wednesday night after we did our last broadcast and mm -hmm. what do we want to talk about? And, and we both agree that, that, uh, we really wanted to be able to talk about some um, about collections and that. And so we've been batting back and forth. Mm -hmm. What about collections do we want to talk about? And, you know, there's so much there so to much. talk about that. We thought we start with the very fundamental basic yeah. about collections. And, and which that's a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. where to start? Yeah. So I think, um, Maybe it's helpful. Like you've been there, Michelle, when we've had some conversations with clients lately, and and there are a couple of things to think about here right off the bat. One, first for us to say what is successful collecting, we have to first decide. Okay, what is the measure of success? How can we know mm -hmm. when we're collecting successfully? Is that you know because some people like to look at delinquency, other people lean on recency. Um, you know, so for me, let me just kind of start there. Um, there's, we've recorded plenty of stuff already on collection efficiency. I believe we should look hard at collection efficiency. It's important to remember that even if your collection efficiency is outstanding, you could still be experiencing some charge offs. So I think the real ultimate, um, the ultimate uh, measures for me would be that we're collecting efficiently, which means we're getting money in the bank, even if it comes a little bit late. We're having consistent results in our portfolio and that shows up more on our rolling averages and our, you know, we look at month over month and then we look at rolling averages on our monthly performance. So um, maybe we'll, in a future episode, we'll talk about those specific metrics um, to, to look at on the monthly basis. Mm -hmm. But then the other measure of success would really be customers reaching maturity. Like, isn't that ultimately our goal <laughs> in buy here payers to support the customer well enough that they can continue to make their payments, make it all the way to maturity or buy another car near the end, trade for another car with us, you know, yeah. at the end, that to me would be the ultimate measure of collection success. And I get frustrated to go to the conferences like everybody else. And I hear people talking about, you know, we have 11% charge off rate or 5% charge off rate or whatever. And I'm thinking we, we need to know what numbers you're using. Like when we share numbers, I think we all ought to do a better job of making sure people know exactly what calculation yeah. we're talking about. Do you think, do you, and this is, I'm just off the cuff asking a question. Do you think that if, uh, if we were to look at what are your numbers for uh, loan completion or trade up? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's obviously long range. And if I think about, and what I'm always trying to think about, especially here in the morning show, trying to think about people who are brand new in the business. So mm -hmm. there, there may be three or four years before they have their first customers reaching maturity, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when we think about, okay, so what can they do now to help with collection? So back to the conversation we just had with a dealer this week, you know, we've got a, an established dealer who reached out to us for some help. We're starting into an engagement with them and we're starting through this discovery period. And I, I often say to dealers, you know, this particular dealer's got around 200 active accounts. Well, when we talk about collections, we kind of want to break it up into two things. There's collections on the existing portfolio, the mm -hmm. 200 accounts roughly in their case that they have in their portfolio. So how we handle collections on those is one thing, mm -hmm. trying to improve collections on mm -hmm. those. But then- And you, that's, that's like where you're taking that batch of clients and you're siloing them. It's like this, this is- this, the only thing we can really report on this now is just, um, 
how this batch mm -hmm. performs, sure. right? Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, we remember, well, that means that we've got, those customers are already contracted. They've already been closed. You know, the underwriting's already long gone. They're in their contract. Mm -hmm. And so how we, how we handle collections and how we would recommend handling collections on those is going to be different than how we would think about collections. So Why? for me, uh, I didn't, what's that? Why? Well, because you're, those customers have already been sort of trained or they're already in their contract and they've already created some You've already pattern. created your, your rails yeah. and your guidelines mm -hmm. and, you know, that whole closing process and that yeah. whole thing. It's already been established is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. And so typically when I uh, try to help a dealer long-term, because mm -hmm. there are certain things you can do near-term on collections and certainly we get around talking to those, we probably won't get to it today, but certainly by the end of this month, we'll have a chance to talk about a lot of the very specific things you can do to improve collections now on your portfolio that's already active. Mm -hmm. Okay. We certainly want to help people in that way. I just always try to come to it from the idea that one of the best ways we help with collections is making sure that we do a better job on the front end of our business so that we're putting contracts in the portfolio starting today and tomorrow that have a better chance of success. Mm -hmm. They're, they're structured well, they were closed properly, you know, they were underwritten properly. So, you know, I'll back up and say, so this also relates to collections. You've heard me say there are two types of uh, structure in my experience. There are two types of structure in buy here, pay here that really help us mitigate risk. If we can get these two things, <laughs> why right, do dealers fail? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of them can boil down to these two things. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, uh, sort of, it's like one of the things that there, there are really two categories, it's like mm -hmm. two things. I think if you can get these two, um, formulas, right? You mitigate a lot of the risk that mm -hmm. is buy here, payer. So one of those would be the structure of the financing to the customer. How well structured is that deal to, um, accommodate or, um, lend to success for the customer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, there's a lot of pieces one. that yeah. are, are part you know, of that. What, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things to know. And obviously there's a great software. We're big fans of Neo as a, as an mm -hmm. underwriting solution. So that can be a great way to, you know, help to make sure that we're consistent and setting the customer up for success. So that's mm -hmm. number one. The other one's going to be the structure of the capitalization, the way that you fund your business and the way you introduce capital into your business, whether that's private money, external money, you know, uh, internal, whatever, how you introduce capital into your buy your payer space is really important. And so there's some structure there. And that's one of the ones we discovered in working through some modeling just yesterday that is like very clear evidence of why it's so important to get that structure right. So oh, we'll yeah. cover that later. Yeah, but I'm just yeah. saying, when it when it comes to collections, as you know, we've been, been in these conversations with clients. We we try to take a very holistic or global approach to all these things. So when we talk about collections, I'm saying let's first talk about before we go in to start talking about how to improve the collections on the accounts we have now. Can we first just try to stop any bleeding? Let's make our job easier. That's always what we're trying to do. Let's make <laughs> yeah. our job easier. And one of the ways we do that is let's stop putting hemorrhaging accounts in the portfolio. This is kind of exaggerated way to say it, but I'm basically saying let's start with making sure we do a better job of putting the, the, the successful accounts in the new portfolio, make that job easier. Now mm -hmm. let's kind of follow that through. So that means, because we did a poll and I, I meant to go find it. I didn't make time this morning to find a poll we did months ago asking dealers, do you agree that all of these things have an impact on collections. And I think the list would have included things like, do we agree that how we purchase cars, how we price cars, how we negotiate the terms, 
how we underwrite and close the deal, do we agree that those things have an impact on collections? You could also add how we support the customer after sale through warranty. So service let's contract. let's go through those again because okay. it's uh, I I really like how you just put it. Is it's it's uh, the car the, how you buy the car? Yeah, purchasing how you purchase a car it affects collections. Mm -hmm. How you recondition that car mm -hmm. probably affects collections. Sure. Um, how you price, price the car affects collections. Mm -hmm. How you um, underwrite the deal affects collections and how you close the deal. Some of affects these collections. things have near-term effects. Some of them have long-term effects, some both, but in that poll, and this is not just me talking, mm -hmm. go back to the poll. I'll try to find it shared in the comments from our thread here, but that poll basically confirmed that most every established dealer mm -hmm. said, yeah, it absolutely affects collections. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying, okay, so why don't we start there? Why don't we just try to make sure that let's first, stop any bleeding by making sure we're putting contracts in the portfolio that have a high chance of success. Now at the closing, you know, we skipped, <laughs> that's, that's a really important piece, how we close and how we then transition the customer into from being a, a car buyer today to an account next week and mm -hmm. next month, how we make that transition is also super important. Okay. So communication is big. You know, how we actually communicate at the point of closing, what, as far as how we map out expectations and not just show them, show them the document, have them sign, 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 initial, initial, we have to express it to them. And so we like a video, as you know, we've talked with manure clients, we've introduced it and we've even recorded some for clients where we record a video so that the message at closing is very consistent. And then they sign off in their documents. Mm -hmm. It says, yes, I watched the video entitled such and such. And so now you've got very good consistency in your closing. And I, I just want to make a side note. If there's, when Jim had his own dealership, when he's managed dealerships, that, that there's two things that he always really, really stressed. Being fair and being consistent. Right. It's like, you need to be consistent. Every single person that walks through this door needs to have the exact same kind of experience. Yeah. And that yeah. ties very much to collections for me. So I, mm -hmm. I've said it before, and we can say it again this morning in terms of collections is that I, I made a decision in my business from the very get go. Like I, I decided at the, at the outset of my business that I was going to be fair and consistent and that I wouldn't do anything for one customer that I wouldn't do for every customer. So that meant having, you know, the discipline to do that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we don't have our customers that we like or that we appreciate because, you know, they communicate better or whatever. But my, my objective was to be super consistent in how we did that. So same thing with the closing. Every customer hears exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that way we're able to, you know, know that, that it's not that the customer didn't hear it. It's not that we didn't communicate in the same way, mm -hmm. which, you know, we, We'll have to tackle another day, Michelle, this, this subject around, you know, somebody messed up. And that's an article mm -hmm. I wrote years ago. And it's kind of an approach that we brought to collections for. Yeah. And that, that was actually, uh, for those of you who are listening, it was like, we were, we were going back and forth. Do we do, um, uh, something along that lines where it's a repo? I keep forgetting. the word. Oh, the, the, um, postmortem Re repo postmortems. Yeah. And that's um, kind of at the end, like that's kind of yeah. the report card thing when the deal is already done. And so we, yeah. what we chose to do is no, start let's talk the about the early, let's start mm -hmm. at the beginning, which is really about let's, let's first talk about this whole idea of, you know, how all these other things in our other departments affect collections. And that's not mm -hmm. just prior to delivery. Those things can continue to affect us after delivery as well. 
And I think um, just from the different uh, consulting that we've done, uh, we have really strongly advised that underwriting, uh, when things are being underwriting, underwritten, mm -hmm. that collections have a seat at the table. Yeah, yeah. And and the decision of underwriting, and so whether that be like your collections manager. Mm -hmm. Or, or some, someone from collections sure. being part of that decision of underwriting. You know, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is as fundamental as it gets. Now, not everybody, mm -hmm. not every operation is big enough to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and listen, we get it when, when we're talking to buy here, pay your folks, some of them are kind of more in the buy here, pay their category where they're not the ones doing, they have somebody mm -hmm. else doing the servicing or some of these contracts end up getting sold and go to somebody else. We're really talking about for the most part, we're talking about dealers who own and service their own paper. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're going to have a chance to, from the point of origination, close it a certain way, hand it off to collections in a certain mm -hmm. way and have a real good impact. So that thing about having the collections department, you know, if you're a big enough operation and you can justify having a collection supervisor and some collectors, then we would like to have your collection supervisor at least be able to have a quick look mm -hmm. in the underwriting. They're not the final decision maker because if we leave it all to collections, they won't want to approve anybody. And you, know? and you don't. And, and and I think that there's, there is some, um, there is some, you open yourself up to some problems when you don't, I, I this is my perspective. Mm -hmm. You open up yourself up to some problems when you, when you leave underwriting mm -hmm. to sales. Yeah. Um, because you know we, uh, you can have certain gates and and bumpers, but mm -hmm. it's um, uh, sales is going to have unless they're really really familiar with what happens in collections. Sales yeah. is about getting the deal closed. Yeah, and um, you know I, it's just I, it's it's something that we would advise. Yeah. yeah, and and now is certainly again in the in the context of fundamentals. If you're thinking about somebody who's new to the business. Mm -hmm. There's just not much more fundamental about buy your payer in that you think about there's the the sales side of this business and maybe the best way to explain it is years ago I was called in on a really large buy here pay here operation one of the larger portfolios I've ever ever you know been asked to to you know come in on and they were having struggles at the point of sale like they were having conflict between their sales department and their collections department. Mm -hmm. sales department these were new car stores because we're doing about 400 buy here payer deals a month they were you know funneling business out of new car franchise stores and doing a lot of numbers and their sales managers were compensated in a way that they wanted those deals done the sales managers did well the collection team or the underwriting team who was partly represented by collections was not approving some of the deals that they thought ought to you know get um, bought um, and so again, this is internal. This is all in the same company. Mm -hmm. This is a related finance company. These are all part of the same team, same company, but there was a lot of conflict. And so I was brought in basically to be a referee, mm -hmm. but I think you just can see there's, there's a fundamental thing. And I remember saying this to a dealer in South Texas way back early in my career. And he, he I said, there's just a fundamental or a, a, an inherent, um, struggle mm -hmm. between sales and, and collections. underwriting collections. Mm -hmm. And he said, boy, that's an understatement, you know? So like, and, and it's very true that there's an inherent difference. Well, let's recognize that. Let's make sure that everything that we do in the approval and the closing, that we recognize that, look, our sales team, they're, they're out there to do a job. They're help they're to help try to find deals. And we, we love those people. They do an important job for us. It's just that if it was left to them, they would approve every deal 
and we'd be left with a portfolio that's a mess. Mm -hmm. So you have to strike that balance. And like I said, if you let the collection team do it, they wouldn't want to approve anybody because, you know, <laughs> they, you know, so, so it's like you have to strike that balance. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, typically dealer principal general manager is kind of the final underwriter. Uh -huh. You still need to have consistency in that. And, but you, but by having the collection team at least have a seat at the table, they feel like their, their voice matters and they can take better ownership of the contract. So that's really important. When we talk about fundamentals, it's really important for the collection team to feel like they've got some ownership. If, mm -hmm. if I'm the collector and I'm running a team of five collectors and every day we get, you know, 10 new contracts put on us, but we had no say so in what they, and they, and the deal is, um, you know, maybe a little shaky, high payment to income ratio, you know, weak job time, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it might look like. How can we see how that makes the team negative? Yeah. Can we see how that hurts morale is we're, we're being having all this paper dumped on us and it's our job to go collect it. And, yeah, and we don't have a nice. say so, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. what kind of deals get done. And so we, we like, we think, um, we don't think we should let collectors step in and, and deny every deal, but we certainly think they should put their set of eyes because they're going to have a different set of eyes. They're coming at it from purely a collection standpoint. They're the ones that are going to have a four-year relationship mm -hmm. with the customer, as an example. And so it's important to give them a chance to speak to that. So mm -hmm. I'm glad you raised that that thing because that doesn't come up in, often well, enough. Well, and it's uh, I think that we forget. It's Sometimes it's it's easier. Let's just give the, the sales team all of the ability to approve because mm -hmm. it just is easier. Sure. Um, but the sales team's relationship with the customer is mm -hmm. a couple of hours. Sure. And yeah, I think that that's, that's a real, that's yeah. a real it's important thing to remember because it's, it's comes down to that thing that we, we keep talking about is like, do you want your customer to be successful or not? Yeah. And it, it's, that's one of those really foundational things. Do you want your customer to be successful or not? Well, this is one way that you can help, um, uh, leverage sure. success for your customer is by allowing the, the collections team to have a, have a, a, a set of eyes Certainly. on deals that are coming across underwriting. Yeah. So then you also think about um, this handoff and when we, and my, when I say handoff, I'm really talking about the handoff from sales to mm -hmm. collections. Ideally, mm -hmm. maybe there's a, you know, we've talked about the customer advocate concept mm -hmm. and the idea of having someone on staff that's customer advocate. If they can do that, then that's wonderful. If mm -hmm. not, we still are handing it off to collections. And so that whole mm -hmm. handoff process, what does that look like? How, that, how does yeah. that transition go in terms of communication? You know, most of us are familiar with a welcome call, but I'm talking about something far more than a welcome call. It's about, it's about a real handoff so that we can demonstrate to the customer in a very clear way that, um, you know, we, we said, we said that we support you before you bought the car. Mm -hmm. We want to demonstrate that we still support you. We're going to ex explain in the first few weeks that you're, you know, in our portfolio and how this is going to work mm -hmm. and what, how you can solve problems and, and, uh, and so on. Because I often say that the reality of the buy here, pay here space, so many of the customers that we finance in buy here, pay here, they don't know how to solve their own problems. Mm -hmm. And so when something comes up, we know it because we work with it all the time. We know what kind of remedies and tools and solutions we have to solve problems. But because we haven't communicated the customer, they don't mm -hmm. know what happens. Like when they get behind, they don't know, mm -hmm. you know, and so we have to kind of communicate this stuff. And it's kind of a really beautiful, um, you know, uh, not every dealership is going to have the, the uh, ability to staff a lot of different right. positions right out of the gate. But this is a really beautiful, um, you know, when you look at the pass off be, or the passing between 
um, sales and collections, that there's a really great opportunity to weave in a customer success mm -hmm. ad, or a customer advocate right. right in there to just kind of like bind the two that much more. But that's, you know, yeah. that's another subject. We're gonna, but, yeah, well, I'm not sure that'll mm -hmm. come up again as we move deeper into collections. But, you know, I think for today, what we wanted to kind of set the stage for mm -hmm. collections and think, okay, before we start thinking about how to, because this kind of, the, the thing I raised about somebody messed up, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, if, if I'm collecting on a customer whose PTI is set much too high, mm -hmm. you know, they were put in too much car and they've got a really long contract or they, you know, whatever. I mean, there can be a lot of things that happen over on the sales side that now are affecting mm -hmm. this account and it's a struggle to collect. And so we, we have to get in the habit. Um, it's just nature of what we do. And, and we have to be as business owners and managers, we have to be prepared to look in the mirror and mm -hmm. say, did we play a role in that? Did we contribute to this struggle that's happening over on the collection side? And and we hope the answer, you can be consistent in saying, no, we didn't create that. The customer's, you know, the, the customer's not managing their situation very well. But we need to know very clearly that we didn't contribute to that. Mm -hmm. You know, we structured the deal in a smart way, gave the customer every chance to be successful. The other thing that does for us is now it allows us to hold the customer more accountable. Mm -hmm. How can I hold a customer accountable? And if I'm sitting at a 32%, you know, payment to income, they're struggling, fuel prices are high. I mean, mm -hmm. how am I going <laughs> to, I'm just going to hammer on them. You know, yeah. how am I going to hold them accountable to that? Now, if the deal is structured smart in a way that, you know, now we've got a better chance to hold them accountable. So this is why all these things matter. And this is why I sometimes find myself answering questions with questions. You know, early on when we're meeting dealers, they'll ask questions about collections and I have to say, well, how are we handling this? How are we handling this? This would, this would be a factor mm -hmm. in all of those things. Mm -hmm. But I think the key thing there is, and we can dig into that more when we touch on the subject of somebody messed up is like, how do we make sure that we didn't contribute to that? And so that's why I always want to start on the sales and closing underwriting, you mm -hmm. know, deal structure side. How are and we, we can talk another time about how, how you purchase a car and how you recondition a car and yeah. how you price a car. That could be a whole nother episode, Absolutely. but this, this, uh, this is actually something that's applicable really quickly. Yeah for any dealer out there for, you know, it's not the last 200 accounts. It's mm -hmm. what's going to happen with the next 200 accounts. Yeah. And so starting to create those practices within your dealership that, that give collections an eye yep. on what's being hat, what's happening with underwriting a seat at the table. Yep. And rest assured, if you can hang in here with us in August, we're going to cover all of it. Like, oh. We're going to go into <laughs> well, the weeds well, for on the next, collections. The next, uh, yeah, for the, un it, it's so funny because a lot of our colleagues and, and, um, uh, yeah, a lot of our colleagues and mm -hmm. clients of how can you do this three times a week? Yeah. Aren't you going to run out of things to talk about? It's no. like, uh, no, no, people are going to get tired of listening to us, but we're not going to run out of stuff. To we're talk not going to run out of stuff. So, um, all right. So tune in. I think we'll probably do, we'll do another uh, collections things probably next Friday right. um, as well. And uh, we just wanted to, um, yeah, remind you again, you're, don't forget assignment for Monday, mm -hmm. do your journal, um, put on your calendar that you want to be listening right. all next week. Right. <laughs> so, subscribe to the YouTube channel, so, so, you get a notification. Yes, subscribe <laughs> to the YouTube channel and you get a notification. You get to see all these things, even the, um, the, uh, tote the note broadcast or the, yeah, the uh, that, that goes there first before it goes through, um, a lot of the different pieces to get it on to mm -hmm. the, uh, syndicated, uh, stations. Right. And, um, one last thing, 
if anybody in the state of Hawaii is yeah. listening to us right now. Where are you, Hawaii? Yeah. If Why anybody in the you? state of Hawaii is listening to us right now, that belongs to the state association or a dealer that needs help. We can give you a great well, deal. Honey, honey, it's not just it's not just listeners in Hawaii. We're, it's our listeners ready. who know people in there, there Hawaii. There are listeners Get who know people connected. in Hawaii. Yeah. We're looking forward yeah. to a, a, an extended consulting visit uh -huh. in Hawaii one day soon. Yeah, and so let's so start um, just, let's start. You know, spreading we're putting it out there because yeah. you know we're all yeah. We will happily we'll, speak at their <laughs> conference. And if they don't have one, we'll create one. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> excellent. So, call All right. us Hawaii. Yeah, absolutely. Well, have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Um, right. Great collection day, and uh, we're really grateful that y'all are are listening and and uh, mm -hmm. adding to the family and the the strength of let's get the word out because yeah. it's uh, we really want to be able to address the things that are are the the headaches the mm -hmm. the pain points the whatever that that you're experiencing so if there's something too that you would like to see us talk about sometime in the future don't don't uh ha yeah don't hesitate to yep. reach out to us private message whatever and um, we'll get it on the list of our growing list of things yeah. that uh, we would like to talk S about some really great and fun stuff ahead for us so we hope you'll stay tuned all right have a great weekend.